Welcome to the Countries for Kids podcast from Case of Adventure. I'm Karen and I'm so happy to be here with you today. I'm going to read you some more of Cuckoo Clock Secrets in Switzerland. The Cuckoo Clock Secrets book is part of our Switzerland adventure book. To find out more, go to caseofadventure.com. Chapter 6 a quaint town and a new clue. Gimmelwald is a car-free village just like Zermatt, said Dad. We will be traveling to the village by cable car as it's halfway up the mountain and you cannot reach it by car. In the village they either walk or ride bicycles to get around. The journey from Lauterbrunnen to Gimmelwald was a very exciting one. First they went up by cable car from Lauterbrunnen to Grutschalp. The ride went up very steeply but took only four minutes. The children found it rather scary looking down. They were told that the gondola could take up to 100 passengers and six tons of cargo at once. It feels like our luggage weighs six tons, exclaimed Rome, who had been helping to drag one of the suitcases along. It took them a further 14 minutes to travel by train up the mountain to Muren. Then they transferred back to a cable car which took them down the final stretch to Gimmelwald. There was a smattering of sunshine sparkling on the snow-covered meadows. After alighting from the gondola and looking around at their quaint surroundings on the mountainside, the family headed for the chalet they'd be staying in. It was owned by the von Ullmann family and was decorated with colourful window boxes and shutters and had a gently sloping roof and a wide porch. The von Ullmanns welcomed the Grey family and offered them a warm drink and some German biscuits called Lebkuchen. Normally a Christmas time treat, Frau von Ullmann liked to make them for guests all year round. The biscuits were brown with a sweet and spicy cinnamon and nutmeg flavour. Frau von Ullmann showed the visitors to their rooms and then offered to take them on a tour of the village once they were settled. It was fascinating to be in a town so high up on the side of the huge Swiss mountains. Wren could picture Heidi from the storybook running barefoot through the green meadows with her little goat following, although at this time of year the meadows were still mostly covered in snow. Imagine living in a faraway place like this, she thought to herself. It's so peaceful and free. Nothing but mountains, grass, cows and a few chalets. I would love to stay here for a while, but then I'd probably miss the buzz of the city. They wandered along quaint paths with breathtaking views of the towering mountains. There was a large cheese storehouse in the middle of the village where they all stopped to watch the cheesemakers at work. Alpkasa and Hubbelkasa were being made. Alpkasa or alpine cheese is aged for approximately six months and is made from the milk of cows that graze on the alpine meadows. Hobel, a strong cheese, is aged for up to three years and is named after the wood plane that is used to slice it. The visitors all got to sample the delicious cheeses. Mmm, it's as if you can taste the fresh milk and the mountain air in the cheese, remarked Wren, running her tongue over her lips as she enjoyed the flavours. The flavour of the cheese depends on what herbs the cows eat, said Frau von Ullmann. Each valley takes pride in its own cheese. 
Some people say they can taste which valley the cows did their grazing in. Huge metal vats of curds and whey were stirred with big metal arms, and the curds were cut into small blocks with wire slices and then reheated. Cheese presses that were not in use, as well as wheels of cheese, were stored on large wooden shelves. The cheese was left to age to maturity. How does the milk change into cheese? asked Rome of Frau von Ullmann. They add a culture to the milk. The culture is a bacteria which changes the milk as you heat it, she replied. So you're basically eating mold, Wren teased him. So are you, he shot back. Vielen Dank, said the cheerful cheesemaker as she waved goodbye to them all. Tiffany was very happy to have a piece of cheese to nibble on as she travelled along in her stroller. The town of Gimmelwald is built on the edge of a cliff, Herr von Ullmann told them. A few decades back, businessmen wanted to change the town into a tourist resort, but the residents came together and had it declared as an avalanche zone. Now nobody is allowed to build anything bigger than a house or barn in Gimmelwald. The people's simple way of life was preserved. Herr von Ullmann was accustomed to talking to tourists and told them many interesting things about his town. Most of the chalets house two families and are divided vertically right down the middle. The chalets in Gimmelwald are only allowed to have green or white shutters that blend into their surroundings. They are constructed like log cabins with the logs notched together, many even built without nails. Since cars are not allowed in Gimmelwald, people ride bicycles or simply walk. Some of their houses have fenced-in areas where cows graze during the summer months. Gimmelwald has a small population of about 120 permanent residents, but many visitors come to experience the unusual little town. Most of the residents even have the same surname, Von Ullmann. Their ancestors have lived in this town for hundreds of years. It is like one large family. To make a living, the farmers operate their small farms in the summer, selling to markets and to the tourists. There is no grocery store in the village, so the local families sell fresh produce, homemade cheese, dried meat, milk, cream and homemade jam. The families also operate the ski lift in the winter. They live very simple lives, collecting hay for their animals to survive their long winters, each harvesting only enough for their few cows. The group wandered past the decorated post office building. Frau von Ullmann read and translated the words written across the top of the building. Summer brings green, winter brings snow, sun greets the day, the stars greet the night. This house will keep you warm. May God give us his blessings. How lovely, said Mum. They went into the schoolhouse where Frau von Ullmann occasionally helped the couple who ran the school. During the week, about 70 children of all ages were educated in the single schoolroom. They all worked together, learning languages and the customs and traditions of their country's forefathers. They were also taught skills such as how to use computers. The couple who ran the school loved the children and poured their lives into their work. The family stopped to look at a wall honouring Herr Pestalozzi, a Swiss educator who had vastly improved education and whose influence had spread throughout the world. Further down in the village stood a barn that looked normal from the outside but had an unusual surprise inside. Herr von Ullmann tapped on the wall of the barn. 
This looks like wood, but is actually concrete. In here is a big army cannon that can shoot at enemy tanks. There are many like this in Switzerland. They used to be secret, but many are now museums. He told them of airstrips embedded in the mountainsides and pop-up tank barriers on the highways to block enemy army tanks. He spoke of bridges built with explosives so that if a war started and the enemy attacked, the bridges could be blown up to stop the enemy from crossing into the country. He told how many houses were built over concrete bomb shelters and how the Swiss people were always prepared. The military is always present here, he finished. Wren wondered how many children had played outside those barn doors over the years, not knowing there was a hidden cannon inside. That's such an unexpected thing to find in a barn. I wonder what else is hidden in this sleepy village, she thought. So I hear you've been working on a mystery, said Frau von Ullmann to Wren, as if she had read her thoughts. Yes, replied Wren, we found a gold coin hidden inside a cuckoo clock. The coin is made from real gold, Libby told her. It's very old and it's got words on it that tell us about history, said Jake. How fascinating. What kind of words, Frau von Ullmann asked. Words that were used by people like John Calvin during the Reformation, Wren told her. Post tenebras lux was the motto of the reformers. It means after darkness light. We had the coin valued in Geneva, said Dad. It's worth quite a lot. Part of the reason that we came to Switzerland was to try and find the clockmakers who made the cuckoo clock and to solve the mystery of why the coin was hidden inside the clock. We found another clock here just like it, Rome spoke up. Another cuckoo clock, exclaimed Herr van Ullmann. Very interesting. I would like to hear your story. Amazingly, said Dad, when we searched here in Switzerland, we found the relatives of the maker of the cuckoo clock from many years ago. The Gutmann family is the clockmaker. They own an old cuckoo clock that turned out to be almost identical to ours. Inside that clock we found the front page of an old Geneva Bible. How astonishing, responded Frau von Ullmann. We think these things are clues to something bigger, but we don't know what to do next, said Wren. We are sure that someone hid the coin and the Bible page inside the clocks to lead us to something. But we just can't figure out what it is or how to find it, exclaimed Rome in a frustrated tone. We don't even know what we're supposed to be looking for. My advice is to re-examine all evidence, said Hauer von Allmann in his thick German accent. Perhaps there's a clue you have missed. Though I am a farmer, I also help with the governing of this small village. I learn to use the law to judge circumstances. We examine many times every piece of evidence so that we miss nothing. Perhaps you must look again at the Bible page and coin. Look for something you have missed. Maybe that will lead to the next thing. This was an intriguing thought and one that required action. Back at the chalet, Dad put in a call to Herr Gutmann and asked if they could get together with him to study the Bible page further. Herr Gutmann was excited about the idea and said that he would be travelling to Bern on business the following day. He asked Dad if the family could meet him in Bern for lunch. You have not seen our capital city. You can be tourists and then we can meet to discuss clocks, he suggested. 
They agreed on a time and place, after which Dad went outside to join the others who were playing in the snow. After some snow saucer sliding, Wren and Rome decided to build a snowman. Wren made a small bowl of snow and pushed it along, watching as it grew bigger as she rolled it and more and more snow stuck to it. Eventually, Jake and Libby came to help her push the great heavy ball of snow. There, I think that's big enough, said Wren. They stood the giant snowball up in a little hollow in the snow, and Rome sat on it to make a flat place for the next snowball to fit on top. They set off rolling the next ball, a slightly smaller one, and then the smallest one for the head. Here, put my scarf round his neck, requested Libby, and grinned in approval when she saw the scarf add character to the snowman. Jake picked up stones to use for the eyes and mouth, and Rome found two sticks for the arms. They all cheered and posed for photos next to the jolly snowman. That's all for now. See you next time.